listening to On The Road, Australia's number one weekly podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. Here to bring an independent voice to truckies right around Australia. On The Road is brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. And NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Welcome to show number 164. Now, today, we've had a few little dramas. I have got other things to do. Andy and I haven't been able to get together and record the news uh, due to circumstances beyond my control. So that, that goes on. We do have a show for you, though. Andy's pre-recorded the music bit that he normally does. And, of course, Bob with something to talk about. Just quickly, I'll talk about the bits of news we were going to look at. There have been a number of very large acquisitions from some oil companies around the world who are continuing to invest money in fossil fuels. Now, what that should say to people is that this electric transition is not going to happen in the way they think it has. And these big and they're super big companies generally don't make Uh, financial mistakes on the magnitude that they'd have to make if these investments proved to be wrong. We don't see very many of those things happening. So have a think about that. The next thing we're going to talk about was uh, truckies are frustrated with the facilities closing on the M1. There's been a lot of building work going on there on the M1 at Wyong on the uh, roadhouses on both sides of the road. Things have been opened and closed. And there are a number of difficulties there, as there always have been with parking and things like that. Be aware for about the next 10 weeks or so, it's going to be very, very difficult there. Uh, Don't plan on stopping there unless you want to get fuel. Uh, You may not be able to get parking. You may not be able to find suitable places to rest there. Rule it out of your trip plan for now. That's the the take-home message for that one. And, of course, the other thing that we're going to talk about is that the Tassie Convoy for Kids is back. There's a small entry fee to get into that. You pay $100 to secure a spot and the top 10. Uh, people donate money towards the truck. and They want to see who's leading the convoy. Uh, all that yada, 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 right? So if you want to know any more about the Tassie Convoy for Kids, if you're down that way, uh, contact Emma Bygrave on 0448810441. That's Emma Bygrave on 04488810441 and get your entries in to the uh, Tassie Convoy for Kids. Donations and everything, they've got a Facebook page, all the usual stuff. All these convoys for kids are really, really great things. They're there to try and raise some money for things that governments don't pay for but sometimes we think they perhaps should. Now, things that are coming up, We've got the uh, Goulburn Convoy for Kids. All the team from On The Road Radio and Truck and Life are going to be there at that. And, of course, we've got the uh, the Ballinger Truck Show up at Bathurst. We're going to be there for that one as well. So a little bit going on. I'm actually running up and down the Yume Highway at the moment, towing a pair of tankers, carting uh, some resin. So my work schedule is a little bit hectic these days. If you see me out on the U, I'm driving a Western Star with some very shiny barrels on it. Give me a call. Say good day. Uh, we'll get on with the show that we've got, such as it is. Uh, Apologise for not having the news with Andy, because I know a lot of you look forward to that. I know I certainly look forward to doing it. But that's trucking. <laughs> 
If it's not mucked up, it's about to be. Take care out there. Let's get on with it. Let's get this show on the road. Yes, get on with it. The National Transport Commission have opened a period of public consultation on better ways to deal with fatigue, access and accreditation. We've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now. If you go to their website and have a look, there's a video there explaining what is happening. There'll be a link to that in the show notes. There's also some media releases in that there that you can have a look at. Happy to have Aaron D. Rosario here with us from the NTC on the podcast just to explain how it's all going to work and how you can put your submissions in. I will say at this point, if you don't say anything, don't be surprised if what you want doesn't happen. All right, there are some things that can't happen. We talked about that on the show on Wednesday night. But here's Aaron, mate. Can you tell us a little bit more about this series and what it means and how people can make a submission? Yeah, thanks, Mike. So, yeah, we've got a series out at the moment, and as you said, we are looking for feedback on some ideas around fatigue management, some changes that we want to make to record keeping, some changes that we want to make or could be made to the, fatigue, the scope of fatigue-regulated heavy vehicles, and really importantly, some changes that we're exploring around how you could change the enforcement of fatigue and make it fairer for both people doing the right thing and for drivers. We're also looking at access, looking at increasing mass limits, increasing allowable height and increasing length and a couple of important things around the national audit standard. Our consultation is open until the 24th of November. So if you've got something to say and we're really keen to hear from you, get to us before the 24th of November. As you said before, Mike, you can go to our website at ntc.gov.au, click on a little section there towards an updated heavy vehicle national law and there you'll be able to read our consultation RIS. It's a big document, but we've also got a summary document which tells you what those options are that we're exploring and lists the questions that we're really interested in hearing. Now, if you want to make a submission, you don't have to answer every question. You don't even have to answer any of the questions. What we want to know is what you think about the ideas. So there's no right way of putting a submission in, no wrong way. You just make sure that you get a submission to us by the 24th of November. And you can either use the fancy upload system that's on our website for making that submission or you can send an email to inquiries at ntc.gov.au we want to listen to everybody's views we want to get as much information as possible and as you said before mike if you don't say something you won't get heard and you won't see any change so please if you're interested these are important changes have a look have a read uh Talk to your colleagues, talk to your friends about it, get a submission in, and again, by the 24th of November, really important. So after the 24th of November, Aaron, what happens then? What's the next phase of what happens? We're going to take all the information that we've received from everybody. We've got to start reading it through. We want to find out what people liked, what they don't like, what they loved, what they hated, um, their suggestions for other ways of approaching you know, the problems that we're, we're seeking to solve. And once we've had a look at all of that, we'll write up what we call a decision res, right? So we're doing the consultation at the moment, then we make a decision and we'll send that through to transport ministers so they can make a decision themselves about what changes they want to see to the regulations. So when will we actually look forward to seeing some of the changes that we decide upon enacted and in force on the roads? 
Well, once ministers have signed that off, and we're hoping that they'll sign that off early next year, we'll make sure that we're drafting up the laws and the regulations, and then it'll just be how long it takes for it to go through Parliament and take effect. So, you know, it will still be a bit of time, um, but laws don't change particularly fast. Um, and as I say, once we've got that information, we want to we want to progress everything as quickly as we can. No worries. So people go to ntc.gov.au, put their submissions in, and nature will take its course. That's the way it works. Thanks for being on the show with us, Aaron, mate. You have a great day. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Our featured Aussie music guest this week is the gifted storyteller and inspired musician we had the pleasure of speaking to quite a while back on this show. There's been a lot of water under the bridge since then and he's back in the spotlight with a brand new album and a brand new single along with some upcoming live shows. With a style that evokes images of the great Bob Dylan at his mercurial best, his songwriting is refreshingly honest and seeks answers to the difficult questions we all ask at one time or another as we travel our own individual life journeys. It's a pleasure once again to catch up with Mr Jordan Merrick. Jordan, welcome back to the show, mate. Hey, thanks for having me on. Mate, it's great to hear your voice again. When we introduced you to our listeners way back in March, can you believe it was that long ago? Yeah. We played your new single at the time, Two Hands, and that's gone on to great things. Well done. Cheers. I appreciate it. And we touched on how you've been likened to a modern-day Bob Dylan. Now, I don't want to bang on about that because (laughs) we don't need to. But just for interest's sake, I was playing your latest song to a mate yesterday, and we're going to have a listen to the song shortly. And his response that it could easily have fit comfortably into any one of Dylan's first five albums. And that's coming from a real old school Bob Dylan devotee. So that's pretty cool. Oh, I'll definitely take that for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that song was definitely sort of in the mould of, of the early Dylan albums, or it was just him and the harmonica. So, yeah. No, look, I'll definitely take it. Bit of shelter from the storm feel in there. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, I'll definitely take it. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, I see the real comparison as being more along the lines that Dylan, I guess, is best known as a really prolific songwriter, and you certainly walk that same path with a string of great songs that just seem to keep coming. Cheers. Does inspiration come easily for you, or do you have to work hard sometimes to get your muse up and running? I'd say inspiration comes really easy to me. Lucky you. <laughs> yeah, no. I think the trick with inspiration is you just need to really take in the world around you. 
he could find inspiration from anything. I'm in a room at the moment looking at the door handle. I reckon you could write a song about a door handle if you really tried. Yes, you could. I think it's just a matter of keeping your eyes open and your ears open. Sometimes, you know, you're in a conversation and someone says something that just might be uh, an intriguing line. Just quickly write it down. Mm. You just never know when that sort of thing can come in handy. I think the challenge is then turning the inspiration into songs. It's sort of like fishing. It takes a bit of patience and you just work on it. Eventually you catch something and you've got to hold on and reel it in, really. So, Yeah. Well, I, I guess these days we're certainly not living in a boring world, so there's plenty of songwriting fodder out there. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And and sometimes, to be honest, the world chaos can make it even harder to write about because sometimes you're like, well, what can I really say that does it justice? Mm. I think that's a whole can of worms. <laughs> so. It is for sure. Mate, in this day and age of technical wizardry in the recording studio, you, you proudly confess to live tracking all your songs. Now, for those who might not understand what live tracking means, can you explain the process? Yeah, so with live tracking, it basically means that you and the band are in the room together or as close to the room together as possible. You hit record and then you just play the songs. So normally, like how a lot of modern music is made, particularly in the digital era, is you'd record what you call a bed track. So you just have some sort of recording done and then you'd record each part again over it. Yeah. So basically, you do a first recording, you don't use any of it and you just record a better take over everything, mm. which works quite well. What I find the big difference between live tracking and recording over an existing bed track is it's so much more organic. Mm. You could literally do five takes of a song and they'd all have little intricacies and differences. And I think that sort of is the magic of performance. When you go to a show and you see a song, you'll play it different every time almost. Yep. And I think it's those little differences that are very subtle, but they, they really make a song. And I think as well, when you record live, you've got such a natural flow from the drums and the bass. And I think for me, that's almost the most important part of live tracking is you keep the rhythm section really sounding organic and real. And it just makes such a world of difference, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. And your listener basically gets a live show and you can't get better than that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that was really important going into this album to live track as much as we could. You always have to do, you know, retakes on certain parts and, and that's always going to happen. It always has. You don't make mistakes, do you, Jordan? No, God, never, never. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, yeah, capturing as much as you can, it's just uh, that's where you find some magic. Yeah. And definitely it was important for us. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it just brings so much life to it. Mm. Now, the last time we chatted, you threatened us that a new album was on the way and I'm thrilled to announce that it's here. <laughs> Collection of wonderful songs with the great title, Winner Takes Nothing. Congratulations, mate. It's a great album. Yeah, thanks. I'm glad you like it. Glad it's finally out, to be honest. <laughs> mm, I'll bet. And Winner Takes Nothing, it's a Hemingway reference, I believe. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the Hemingway book, Winner Take Nothing, is sort of, it's like a collection of short stories, and it was such a random sort of title to choose for the album, but I basically referenced the book in a song, and it was, as I was writing the song, I referenced it, and I had no idea why. Like, it was one of those just moments where you're just writing, you know, word vomit, basically. Yeah. And that referenced that book, so then I had to go back and reread the book, because it had been so long. The more I thought about it, the more I sort of, I think, understood where my subconscious was going with that. And it's sort of a book that's short stories based just after World War One, and about how society had to redefine and rediscover themselves and learn how do you come out of such a global conflict as the same person or how, how have you changed? Has the world changed? Yeah. And I think, you know, for us, you know, that song was written just coming out of the pandemic and then 
everyone went through a period of rediscovery of, you know, what sort of life are you living? Like, how do you want to manage your life? You know, yeah. even social interactions, you know, it's something I still sort of laugh about. It's like before COVID, I think everyone would handshake and hug and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And then COVID happened and, you know, everyone was almost scared to handshake. Yeah. It's like, uh, does the other person feel comfortable with it? Like it just changed the way we interacted. And I think that's sort of, for me, like when I reflected on those lyrics, I think that's something that I realized that I was probably trying to tell myself a bit. Yeah. It is a period of rediscovery in a lot of ways. When I sort of realized, I thought, well, I, I may as well tip my hat to the great man and call the album when it's like nothing and yeah, tribute the work that he did. And funnily enough, it was released a hundred years ago this year. So it's sort of even, even more fitting. Oh, very timely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the new single's just been released from the album. It's called The Painting. It's a pure folk storytelling gem, in my opinion. Yes. How did the song come about, Jordan? Yeah, it was a really interesting song to write. So it was actually started off as a poem that I wrote about this painting. Is funny. Who would have thought it's actually about a painting? Yeah. Yeah. So my dad used to paint a lot when he was younger. Mm. And we had some old family stuff in storage for the longest time. And then over the pandemic, we decided the time to clear out the storage. One of the things that we found was that old painting that my dad did, honestly, before I was born. And I called dibs on it, so I got to take it home. And Well done. And, yeah, it was pretty much, you know, just after I'd finished my previous album, you know, still in the pandemic, and the music industry was really hit hard, as we all know. So for me, I was sort of just sitting there thinking, okay, this album's done. Like, this was stressful. Do I really want to do another album and really try to push a release again? Like, it's a lot of work. Yeah. And it felt like, is the music industry really ever going to recover? Mm. So it was a bit of a challenging time. And I kept sort of just looking at this painting because it was in my home studio. And I sort of got thinking about it and thinking about how my dad would never painted to try to pursue a career in art or anything like that. For him, it was just, he loved to paint. Mm. And in that period of his life, he did a lot of painting and for me, it just reminded me why I do music. And it's not, obviously, if it was for money, I'm choosing the worst possible genre to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's definitely not for money. It's for the love of it. Yeah. I think it just reminded me that that's really the only thing that's important. If I can create art that I can be really proud of and that I love. And then, you know, I think it's important to share because my dad's art, I just happened to find, had a big impact on me that day. And that's over 30 years ago that it was done. Yeah. And I think that's why art is so good. Like how often do you discover something, you know, you see a painting, you see a drawing, you hear a song you've never heard before and it shapes your day or makes you think about something new. Mm. I think it's the power of art. And it sort of reminded me that I just need to sort of suck it up a bit, not worry about where the industry is going and, and whether it's stressful or not, just worry about what's important to me. And yeah, I, I wrote a poem about the painting and sort of about what I thought life would be like. It's sort of written in the father and son aspect, but in every way, it's like a conversation with myself about if I was to give up art, how would I feel? Yeah. And it sort of ended up being pretty much a rant about why I should not give it up. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you listened to yourself. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And as I said, I wrote it as a poem, but then I yeah, loved the, the words, so I tried to put it to music, and thankfully it fit, and yeah, here it is. Fantastic. Well, for our listeners in southeast Queensland, you've got a couple of shows coming up at the Stranded Bar in Brisbane on November 18th, and at Hota, the home of the arts on the Gold Coast on December 1st. Yep. How do people go about getting tickets to the shows, mate? easiest way to do it is either to go to my social media, either on Facebook or, or Instagram, and the ticket links are in the bio areas there. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if you go to the Home of the Arts website for the Gold Coast show or to OzTix for the Brisbane show, you'll definitely be able to find the tickets there or just literally Google my name in the city you want to see me in and you should be able to find the tickets there as well. Well, I'm about halfway between both, so I've got to decide which one I'm going to go to. 
<laughs> Guys, our guest this week once again has been singer-songwriter Jordan Merrick. Mate, thanks for coming out to play on the road with us again. No worries at all. I appreciate having me on. Time to play your new single. Would you introduce it for us, please, Jordan? Absolutely. Thanks again for having me on. I'm Jordan Merrick, and this is The Painting. Cheers, mate. Take care. Cheers, mate. Fell into a painting my father gave to me It told me a story of a life he didn't see For the blue of the sky matched the veins to his heart And tears down his face when his world ceased to start And the browns of his road like the dirt on his feet from a life well walked despite walking in defeat The painting was like quicksand I sunk down to my knees And took in a deep breath beneath the eucalyptus trees The wind danced upon my face and sunk the lonely men It was here in the nameless the dream began to end I tried to yell on out words roll like a sphere but his word was made for silence and mine was made to hear for he played the game of dreamers Fame for dreaming, there's too much risk involved For the world that we create, the great gift of lies Rather sell my soul to hate and drink myself to die Still I fell inside his painting, the colors I absorbed The feelings left me waiting, the dreams left me torn Walked around scattered I guess that is my life If he is my father Be his son till I die Something to Talk About is proudly brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Go to www.qr.com.au Hi there, this is Bob McMillan. In the latest, uh, one of the latest emails from Overdrive magazine in the States, the headline on the leading article on October 19 was Convoy Closing Down, Firing All Employees Amid, quote, Massive Great recession, unquote. And then it goes on to say, <coughs> Condoy, the tech-heavy digital freight network and load board, will close down amid a hammering from the harsh freight market, according to an internal message from their CEO, Dan Lewis. There had been previous reports that the load board had gone blank, cancelling all current loads. Some truckers reported loads completed as normal and others were concerned about payment. All shipments on the app were cancelled in bulk and it went blank. Convoy representatives on Wednesday blamed the cancellation on a technical error, but the company confirmed one day later on a Thursday that this was the end. 
in his message to the company, Lewis told employees, besides a select few that will stay on to help the transition, that today is your last day with the company. So what happened? In short, we are in the middle of a massive freight recession and a contraction in the capital market, Lewis wrote. The combination ultimately crushed our progress at the same time that it was crushing our logical strategic acquirer, whoever that is. It was the perfect storm. This is the, the main point on it all, I think. Convoy had raised venture capital funding, most recently being valued at $3.8 billion. Now, venture capital funding is, is another word for debt. So they were, uh, they were weighed down by their debt in a uh, reducing and um, ever-competitive freight market like they're uh, enjoying in the States at the moment. Um, you only have to look at Dean Croak's DAT reports each week to see that uh, rates are very volatile and uh, it's amazing how many of them continue to survive as they do. I've got a bit, a bit of other information that sort of explains all this a bit and uh, just when you hear the old saying that America sneezes, Australia catches cold, well, uh, I'm not sure if we've got troubled waters ahead of us or not. Let's hope not. And um, let's hope that uh, our industry is a little bit more uh, resilient and a little bit cleverer. But anyway, Dean Croak, uh, on the 29th of September, was talking with uh, a journalist at Time magazine about the current freight market and how it came to be. And to quote Dean, in June 2020, there were 241,835 registered for high carriers, for higher carriers, with a gross vehicle rate of £10,000 and over, according to Datstata. By July 2023, there were 475,371, a jump of 96%. Now, just to interrupt the quote there for a minute, you have to remember that a small fleet in America is often about the same size as a medium to large fleet in Australia. So a jump of 96% in registered for high carriers is, is a lot of trucks. He goes on to uh, explain that a few things happened to create the rush of drivers as they say in time, but they mean that. You know, as global demand for goods cratered in early 2020 at the onset of the pandemic, the price of diesel plummeted, making it more affordable to run a trucking business. Government loans helped trucking companies survive the slowdown, and by mid-2020, freight rates started climbing again. Companies paying $1.85 in early 2020 were paying $3.10 a mile by late 2021, Dean says. This motivated people who had never been in trucking before to jump into the field. It also inspired drivers who were working for large tr trucking companies to get their own trucks so they could become independent owner-drivers and work for themselves, he says. Now, that's the end of Dan Dan's quote in Time magazine. My comments are that uh, we've had the same perfect storm over here with uh, toings and throwings economically and financially with uh, COVID and after COVID and the way the markets have uh, turned. And, of course, uh, we've had record sales at auctions of uh, vehicles at record prices while there was a blockage in the supply chain for new vehicles but that seems to be all changing now and the values are dropping a bit and um but what i have noticed just uh up and down between uh, brisbane and here and when i was in sydney for a couple of days there seems to be some new businesses that have sprung up companies that i've not seen on the road before liveries and names and also uh i've noticed a uh a few vehicles up and down here with you that see the Rex Scotts or X other companies that have either had a wind down or a close down or an equipment uh, a renewal where they've auctioned the old gear off. And there seems to be uh, a few new enterprises about. So 
Let's hope we don't end up with the same perfect storm in Australia that uh, has led to the closing down of Condorwee in America. Maybe Condorwee is America's uh, Scotch refrigerated. We can only hope, and then things won't uh, things won't be too bad for us. But uh, as I keep saying, um, I consider that we are far from having a crisis in road transport in Australia, despite the uh, carryings on about that. But there are harder times ahead, I think, difficult times to manage, and. Uh, as usual, and as I've been watching for the last 60 or well, more than I've been in the industry 60 years, but I've been observing it from when I was a little bloke because my dad had a truck and my grandfather had trucks, and I always loved trucks. But uh, it's all been cyclic all the whole, probably close to 70 years that I can uh, think of and um, relate to. And uh, let's hope the uh, the down cycle is not uh, too difficult for everyone to, to uh, weather the storm with. But uh, I just thought it was interesting that um, there's these, uh, like I said, these businesses in America are super large. And um, like I don't mean there's a photo here of all the heap of convoy trailers lined up. So whether they're painted subbies or trailers for tow operators, I'm not sure. But load boards have more than load boards in America. They have trucks and stuff. But uh, the $3.8 billion in venture capital, that's a lot of debt. I don't think it's going to be paid back somehow unless it's still in the bank. Thanks for listening. This is Bob McMillan. Catch you later. You got me there, Andy? Yeah, mate. Got you go. Mate, we're coming up that level crossing we were talking about before. Looks like we're going to be stopping. Roger that. Look at the size of that thing. They tell me they take about two k's to stop. That's like 20 times the length of the MCG. We've got to be playing chicken with that. Yeah, copy that. They can't exactly swerve either, can they? They're stuck to the tracks, mate. <laughs> it's not that hard to wait till it's safe to cross and make sure the road's clear on the other side. Yeah, not like that bloke last week who forgot about the length of his trailer. Yeah, I heard about that one. It's not really funny, though, when you think about it. Poor old train driver. Probably been having nightmares ever since. Yeah, I reckon. We're all in the same boat, really, mate. Everyone just wants to get home safe at the end of the day. Yeah, not wrong on that one. There goes the last carriage. Looks like we're safe to head off now. Thanks, Mike. Long way to go. After you, old mate. This is a message from Queensland Rail reminding us that it's important to stay alert and obey any signs and signals when approaching level crossings to help keep you and everyone else safe. For more information, go to www.qr.com.au. Once more is our featured music artist for this week with another track from his brand new Winner Takes Nothing album. It's Jordan Merrick with Hangover Blues. Woke up this morning with a rose on my cheek Without a warning I was in too deep One glass of red and I was out like a light And now I'm hanging on for the ride I got them hanging, hangover blues I got them hanging, hangover blues My darling, she warned me to be careful what you choose for one too many is anything but foolproof. Just start wasting 
is brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. And NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Until next week, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. Bye-bye. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. 